0: and welcome to another Scots Whihay podcast. And I'm joined today by artists Angie Lewin and Rebecca Collins, who are showing at the Scottish Gallery in Edinburgh as part of their Welcoming Spring exhibition. Hello, both. Hi. Hi. So first of all, Angie, start with you, how do you describe your work?
1: Um, Well, the exhibition that's on the Scottish Gallery at the moment um, is all watercolours. I'm also a printmaker, but this shows only watercolours. And it's based on, um, it's it's botanical art really. Um, it's plants that I either observe in the wild or also, and it's also plants that I grow myself as well. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, I'm basically a painter, printmaker, um, but this is, is this solely
2: a painting show.
0: Right, okay. And the same question to yourself, Rebecca, how do you describe your work?
2: Um, I'm a landscape painter. Um, I live um, on the west coast of Scotland, um, on the northwest coast, and um, I'm just really influenced by the landscape around me, the landscape which I live in and I see every day, um, and and that's what I just try and capture and paint. Well, as we say, the exhibition
0: is a celebration of Scottish nature, or at least nature. Um, how important is that in your work, um, Rebecca? You start like you mentioned how how important it is.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I don't know nature, nature, and, and also weather and light. Um, not 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 so much plants like Angie, but um, but probably um, just just the, the vistas and views and and the way um, seasons impact the, the landscape as well. You know, um, for example, in autumn we've got a very low light here and a lot of rain, a lot of rainbows and mist and as the temperatures change. And it's lovely just to watch that and to watch the seasons and and to celebrate it. And do you work outside? Do you actually kind of
0: work in nature as well?
2: Not so much. I mean I I, I do spend a lot of time outside. I I do a lot of walking and um, we're we're lucky enough to have a small boat so we're we're in the water a lot or we're outside and I I like gardening so I do spend a lot of time getting my hands dirty outside in the garden but no for for the paintings really the the technique which I've developed over, over my painting career involves sort of translucent layers on top of each other. And that's quite, and the things I paint are quite temporal. So it's quite hard to do that outside. Um, And and also you can get cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, What about yourself, Angie? Um, How do you work? How do you approach your work?
2: Well, a bit
1: like Rebecca, um, where I am on space side, it's also quite hard work sometimes working outdoors. Um, So I do, I do sketch when I'm out walking and I also sketch in the garden as well. But um, quite often, the way that I sketch is to get down this sort of information that I need before I'm going to make a painting. Um, And so, you know, especially because it's very windy where I am, we're up on the side of a hill. Um, by the River Spey, and it's always windy at our house. It doesn't matter if it's still everywhere else; it's always windy at our house. So I'm often to maybe just doing pencil sketches, and then just make notes about colour or leaves or whatever. Um, and then I tend to work on the watercolours in the studio. Um, and because I've got a lot of wildflowers in the and the land around the house, and also I'm growing. Um, things. I've now got a polytunnel, which means I can grow plants, which I wouldn't normally be able to grow here so easily. Um, I can then cut those and bring those into the studio to paint them and create still lives. So it's a mixture of indoor, outdoor. And again, like Rebecca, I spend a lot of time walking. And for a long time, my work was always based on wildflowers. Um, Now, because I'm permanently on space side, I like this contrast between the cultivated in the wild. Right. So I grow dahlias and parrot tulips, which is such a contrast to sort of um, yarrow and plantains and dandelions and and sort of less um, exotic plants. So it's that contrast. So yeah, I think it's a mixture of indoor, in the studio and outdoor. And also there's the seasonality that, that Rebecca mentioned as well, that I, seem to always be moving on to the next subject because the next thing is coming to flower. So it, it it flows through the seasons in the same way. It's interesting that both of you,
0: you know, you mentioned gardening and and, uh, uh, and working with plants. So you're not just um, observing in your work, you're actually involved with nature as well. It's, it's as you said, maybe getting your hands dirty as
1: part of it, is that yeah, right? Yeah. that to Angie yes Yes, that's true I mean I've always really liked gardening and I have in the past studied garden design and done people's uh, worked in people's gardens and things like that so I really like the physical side of growing plants and observing them as they as they grow it's a very corny thing but to grow something from a seed or a bulb Mm -hmm. to a, a, a flowering plant is always an amazing thing so I think I think having that link with the plants that you paint is is important actually because my work's not botanically accurate but I think it tries to capture the essence. And
0: yourself Rebecca you know you said you've, you've got a boat and you go walking and, and that kind of interaction is that crucial to what the end painting is?
2: Um, I think so because for me painting is a way of and when I was at school, the way I learnt was always by writing something down. Um, and so some people learn by audio. And um, for me, it was always very much having to write something down. And I think painting is a way of almost writing down the landscape, understanding the landscape. Um, and, and, and in a way, by doing that, you make it yours in a special way. You know, If you see something, if I see something which is really beautiful and, and moves me, it's a way for me to, to hold that and and to to mark it and to celebrate it, and so yeah, um, it's important to be outside and 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 to see these things and when you see them, to to mark them and celebrate them. But that, you know that's an important part of my work for me. Sometimes I'll I'll see something, and it, it's breathtakingly beautiful, you know, and um, might not always have I I take a, usually take a camera with me or something like that. I might always have my camera, but. And, you know, sometimes I think it's almost as nice, sometimes not to, to just to remember it too, you know? And that's just lovely, you know, build up a bank of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think also by being outside, and, and I mean, I've lived up here for over 30 years now, you kind of know how things start to work, you kind of know how the shadows will start to fall and how, how an interesting mist pattern is, looks, what a special one is, you know? you kind of, you know, you have a good vocabulary of it.
0: That's really interesting, Rebecca, the idea that, you know, you, when you maybe make a paint or you, you you create any kind of art, does it always match the moment that you're trying to recreate?
2: No, but hopefully it might evo- evoke it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, you know, you've been where you are for 30 years. Did you... Are you there because it's landscape that um inspires your art?
2: No. Um <laughs> I moved up here, um, fell in love and got married. <laughs> <Pagmatic> <laughs> <from that laughs> rather than
0: artistic. I guess that's fair enough. And yeah. um, what about yourself, Angie? Are you where you are because it's it, it, it kind of inspires?
1: Um yes, yeah. Well, it when, when we bought the place up here, we were living in North Norfolk. Mm-hmm. And there's a Scottish link in that my husband's grandfather is Scottish. He's from Edinburgh. So there's always been a family link with Scotland. Um, and so we decided we wanted to spend time in Scotland, initially part-time, but now we've been in Scotland full-time for a long time now. And so initially my work was very East Anglian. Right. Um, and it was always this moving between the two. I got these the contrast between the two, but... I've been up here, I suppose Side. we've had this place on Side over 20 years now. And so I do really know it. And so when I, my work now is almost entirely based on Scotland, really. I mean, there are some East Anglian images because we go back to East Anglia quite a lot and I do love it there. But I've really got to know this landscape very well and the seasons are very different. Obviously they're much shorter, the summer is much shorter, but the nights are longer in the summer and just the whole way that the seasons progress here is different. Um, And I do the same walks every day because I have a series of walks where we have a dog. So you just, you always see the plants in the same places through the seasons. And it is that trying to evoke the sense of place because here I think of birch trees, um, rowans, devil's bit scabious, yellow rattle, plants like that. Whereas in East Anglia, there'll be things like Alexander's and goat spear and other sorts of plants. So they're the plants that define space side. And also I do like the West Coast a lot. So there's work in the exhibition um, based on North Uist because I go there every year. So it's generally the Scottish landscape actually. Um, and the contrast now between space side and the West Coast is very important too, and the similarities.
0: So you've always responded, your art has always responded to your surroundings, no matter where you've been.
1: Yes, it has, actually, because when I was very young, I used to draw a lot in the garden. My dad was a, a very, very keen gardener. And I've got got drawings that I did of purple sprouting broccoli and things like that, that he was growing in the garden. So I've always been a very outdoors person. I've always been a very sort of active person. I've always liked to be doing something. So, yeah, I think it was almost inevitable that the two strands came together and that the environment I'm in. When I was very young, I used to go. I had a school friend at primary school and we used to go walking, which you'd never do now. We were very young. We were probably yeah. seven or eight. We'd go for the whole day with sandwiches and sketchbooks and just walk along the canal near where we lived and into the fields and we'd draw. Um, and I was probably doing that, yes, when I was probably about seven or eight. So it's it's very much part of how I've always um, lived in the world and how, I'm, and how Rebecca described why you'd paint and draw in the it, that's that rings true completely it is your way of remembering it and acknowledging its effect on you
0: and what about yourself rebecca have you always um reacted or, or interacted with your surroundings and with your art
2: i suppose i suppose i, I mean I've, I've always um i've always drawn and i've always I love colour. I've always been very affected by colour. I remember when my earliest things, my, my mother gave me a massive big thing of crayons. And I just remember just being, just suddenly feeling that I had so much, There had so much potential in it, and it was so exciting, you know. Um and um and it just gave me, I had to borrow everyone's before that, you know. So have my own was was amazing to be able to do what I wanted to do without having to rely on anyone else. So that yeah so I suppose I've always been you know i've always I've always loved that and I've always loved colour and I've always loved drawing but um, I think it was moving up here after I left art college and just sort of thinking i I need to be creating and i need to i need what can I do you know and then just seeing the landscape around me, and you can't help but be inspired by it and you can't help but be influenced by it you know it's so raw sometimes you know, you must see that in space, Height too, Angie, you know, it's up in Scotland, the, there's a lot of weather and it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's very exciting. And um, and I think just learning how to, bit by bit, slowly, learning how to, you know, like the language of it and how to paint it and how I, what made me happy when I was painting it and what I wanted to achieve, you know, when I was, the things I wanted to achieve when I was painting the landscape, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's a, it
0: was a process, um, and um, it took a long time. And the, partly the reason I asked that question is um, one of my favourite painters was Joan Airdley, and the way that she went from these urban Glasgow scenes and these little tykes that she would paint and everything to the work she did at Cataline, which is, as you say, Rebecca was all about the weather, almost, you know, really quite stark differences, and that idea that no matter... What your uh surroundings are that artistically you know there's this need to kind of uh reflect it or show it or share it uh, with other with other people um there are other artists involved in the exhibition You've got Joe uh Hogan who's a basket maker and Katie Watson who um is a uh, jewelry I think is that right? Have you seen their work have you uh, as part of the exhibition or uh, or not Angie?
1: Yes, yeah. Um I it was quite a frantic sort of setting up of the exhibition. Um actually on the private view night. I think me we um me and Rebecca didn't even meet each other on the private view night because I was upstairs and she was downstairs. Um but um yeah, I had a look around the rest of the exhibition and um I was aware of Joe Hogan's work for quite a few years and um I really love I mean, it is basket weaving, but it's it's more than that. Some of them seem to be functional and some are purely, they just seem to be based on, he's almost following how the materials work for him. I don't know because I've actually never never met him or talked about his work, but it just seems like he's responding to his medium, the natural materials that he uses so well. It's like he's almost drawing with the willow um, and the wood that he's using. Um and Katie's work as well looks absolutely incredible. I mean that the skill um that she is involved in the sort of engraving that she's doing into the metals is just absolutely phenomenal. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with Angie. I um I thought they were beautiful. Um both exhibitions were lovely. I, I didn't get to meet either of them either. It was a bit I sort of turned up and, and it was sort of quite bombarding. <laughs> All left, but yeah. Um, the, the I think it's a well named exhibition, isn't it? Um, the celebrating nature,
1: yeah. No, I yeah, absolutely, think it is. sorry, yes. So, I was gonna say, yes, I, I think it is because we're all responding to nature in very different ways. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it, it's. I mean, the Scottish Gallery, I think, are always very good at making sure that the, the whole exhibition space flows very, very well. And yeah, and I think the title was perfect. Yeah.
0: And do you work? I mean, you've said, you, 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 Angie, that you're a painter and a printmaker. Um, Rebecca, do you, is it purely painting that you do? Yes, just
2: oil painting, really.
0: And how did you decide? You know, you say, I think you said you went to art college. How did you decide that that was for you? I'm always fascinated. My, my brother is a printmaker. Uh, and but he's well, uh, but when he was younger, he was a great painter. And you are know, in the family, you always say, "Well, why don't you do more painting?" But you know, he's got his medium now that he kind of sticks with. And I was wondering how you came, first of all, Rebecca, to be a painter rather than working in other uh, areas. Um,
2: I think it's like, um, I think it, for me, oil paints, um. Get, um well, I yeah, get do what I want them to do, and yeah. um, and um, I I mean I don't I can't work in anything else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> really the answer. is that you have know, found how you work and that's
2: it. And- yeah, and I I think that's it. I think I think I was also drawn to them because I love the whole. I love the pat. I've got palette knife and I've got a palette and I've got my colors and and. Um, I just love the whole process of it, and I love the smell of it. I love the the feel of the the paint. You know, it's tactile too, and ah, I yeah.
1: think
2: I think that's that's a lovely thing about it. Um, and then also, it's very it's very malleable. Like I, you know, I, I find it a very malleable medium. Um,
0: Sometimes it's almost sculptural, isn't it? I mean, you, you, when you see it, you could always touch it and get that um, sense from it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and I, Andy, how did you come to decide this is how you're going um, to work?
1: Well, I went to art college in London, and um, I initially was on the sculpture course um, at Central, and then I realised fairly early on, um, I think it was in the first term, we had to do um, quite a few weeks of printmaking, which is compulsory, and the minute we went into the printmaking department, I suddenly realized that was actually what I wanted to do because I'd never actually done it before. No. And I think that um, is also, as recommended, to do with process because I kind of walked in and it had, you've got the amazing printing press, you've got the smell of the inks, you've got the smell of the oil on the printing press, you've got the rollers, the papers, um, the cutting tools. Um, it, the whole experience of being in a print room suddenly felt 100% right as the place that I wanted to be. So was that there's a sort of link with sculpture yeah. in that you've actually got tools and kit and process. And I do like process. So I just fell in love with that. And then I basically wasn't doing very well on sculpture at all. I We had these amazing big studios at that point, um, which students would kill for now. I mean, absolutely <laughs> amazing. And my, all I had in mind was that my Push bike and a skeleton that my friend at medical school had given to me because I was was stuck for ideas, I've got a skeleton. And um, they were very happy that I changed. It was within the fine art department, so I switched. And um, so I did that, printmaking for many, many years. But what is interesting, and I think quite a lot of printmakers say this, is that you can sometimes be, or certainly in the old days, you had the painters who were up there and you had the printmakers that were just down a bit lower really. Um, and so I didn't, I always did watercolours and drawings and collages towards my prints, but I never exhibited my watercolours or, or, or drawings until probably about I'm not sure how long ago it was. Maybe it's about 10 years ago or 15, 15 years ago, maybe, but it, it's quite interesting that quite a lot of printmakers do say, Oh, well, you know, You know, because you were always a second class sort of um, citizen, slightly in the fine art department. So it's quite interesting to now I do equal amounts. In fact, at the moment, I'm probably doing slightly more painting. And I really absolutely love to focus on my watercolours now, you know, for solid periods of time and that they're the focus of my work rather than just the starting point towards a print. That's
0: interesting. I never thought about a hierarchy in the art school that some people are viewed differently to others. But also both of you, it's the almost um physical nature of what you do, certainly in terms of printmaking and what you're talking about with your painting, Rebecca, that is as attractive as what the final piece will be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also so for me also, um, Colour feels very physical, too. I don't know whether it does for you, Angie, as well, but certain colours have a a real physical quality to them, a, a presence as well, you know? So the whole thing, I suppose, is a, is a, is a very physical process, you know, um, a lot goes up on here, but also goes in your hands and... Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing to be able to do, I think.
0: <laughs> Scotland's got a great tradition of artists working with nature. Do either of you have favourites or inspirations? I'll ask you, Angie, first.
1: Oh, um, well, Elizabeth Blackadder is a very big influence on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, oh God, Joan Eardley, obviously very, very important too. Um, That's quite, it's so funny when people ask you who your favourite are, they actually can't think. Oh, and, and, and a slightly unusual one, in a way, or I sometimes feel it's unusual, is Edward Burr, who, right. um, who did a lot of slightly surreal landscapes and sort of surreal figures, but he did the most incredible still life uh, flower paintings that were actually quite surreal. And he could paint a vase of tulips with such intense colour, and they were watercolours, very, very saturated colours and intense, but they had an almost... almost a sinister quality to them. They were so... Um, they had such a presence, and yeah. I really like this very strong way that he paints in watercolor. Um, I also like Elizabeth Blackadder a lot because yeah. she also grew a lot, grew a lot of the plants in her own garden that she was painting as well. And I have always admired her compositions, but also the way you know that she knew her plants. Um, and I, I, I do want that feeling from a painter in any landscape or anything like that the sense that they are actually there
0: that's a lovely idea of knowing what you're painting I guess both of you are saying that that you you know the landscape or you know your plants kind of intimately so that's what you know why you can uh, interact with them so well and the idea of sinister tulips is a an
1: interesting one too I don't think mine are sinister I no. hope not anyway <laughs> Uh, Rebecca, a
0: similar question to you, do you have any kind of favourites or inspirations in terms of Scottish artists working in nature?
2: Yes, um, um, I I think Houston is a wonderful landscape artist too, you know, very different from um, from my paintings, but very powerful and and, um, very captivating work. Um, And also James Morrison for his clouds, just, you know, he knew his landscape. Yeah. he, He knew it inside out. And I suppose for color um an a, an older painter d y cameron I, I love i love his prints too and i love his etchings you know he he captures lights very beautifully in his etchings, but for his for his oil paintings his color very vivid very strong colors um,
0: and I was wondering how do you feel when you exhibit when your work goes public is there a kind of um how, how How is that when you put it out there? Because the idea that, you know, you're so intimately involved with what you're doing and then you're sharing it with other people, is that something that you enjoy? Rebecca, I'll start with you.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a mixed bag, really. <laughs> um, I remember just before the day, the day the show was about to open, I, I went down and I popped in briefly and... And I saw the work up and I just thought, just quite relieved because I had this awful image of, I don't know, like three year old scribbles
0: on. (laughs) That's not how I remember it.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I do get quite, I think inside I get more stressed than I realise I do. <laughs> um, yeah, and and then I always wonder, you know. I think no one's going to want to look at this, too. You know. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of feelings that go on with it.
0: <laughs> and, and you can see you laughing along. I think you maybe feel similar.
1: Well, no, it's just that once I had a nightmare the night before I was dropping off work for an exhibition, um, and I dreamt that um, the the gallery came to look at my work in the planchest drawer, and I opened it up and and when i opened the drawer it's full of, it was full of portraits of dogs and cats like done really bad ones and they were saying well this is just this is just dreadful this is just dreadful <laughs> so clearly it's, it's it's a little bit the effect of going to do an exam
2: yeah. or
1: you know it's like you work towards it, you work towards it you work towards it and i think unless you're supremely confident there must be a degree of thinking, oh, I hope this is all right. Um, But I've been been exhibiting for a long time now. But what always amazes me is the work goes off in a portfolio and then it comes back in these frames and suddenly it's filling a whole gallery space. And once it's in frames, it does become another thing um, to a degree. Um, I mean, I really enjoy exhibiting my work and... I, I want people to enjoy my work and I want people to see it and I also want to earn my living as an artist and so therefore you know that's all sort of tied in um, but at the same time you do do the work that you want to do and that's the most important thing that you should do that yeah. so there's always a element each time you you there'll be something that's a little bit different or you've moved on and you want that to have worked. And for the whole thing to hang together sort of cohesively and there to be a good flow around the room of, you know, very in my case, it's very bold paintings, and ones that have a lot of white space. Um, and looking at Rebecca's work, there's this complete, it's very cohesive. You've it it encapsulates the landscape that she spends time. In. It's a landscape that I know to a certain extent as well. And so the room. Works well, and that's what you ultimately want. I think that's probably where the anxiety arises initially is that your expectations and vision of what it's going to look like will be like that. In it's because it, until that point, it's been in your messy studio. Well, my studio is messy, I can't say whether Becker's is messy, but in your <laughs> studio and just in a planchest drawer, and then it's on white walls in a gallery. It's a big transition,
2: really. It's nice also seeing work together, you know, <clears throat> with yours upstairs, all the work talks to each other. So sometimes it, that's a nice thing about having an exhibition too, it's, it's, it's able to have that space where your work is presented or one's work is presented as as a unit, as one unit, not as individual things and how they interact with each other and how they talk to each other and how they can amplify each other in ways, which is a, it's a lovely thing to see. Um, and, and that's something that's just not in, you know, you give over control when you when you give it to the gallery, yeah. you know. And it's 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 nice to see what other people can do with that.
0: Well, I guess with the theme being so kind of uh, you can interpret it in, in such different ways that to see it all come together with different people, their interpretations of it, um, I mean it must be a, a really kind of, when it's done, when it's correct, and as you said, the Scottish Gallery has got a reputation for doing these things well, then it must be a kind of sigh of relief.
1: Oh, yes, it is. I mean, I've always got... I've, although um, for many years, me and my husband had a gallery um, where we exhibited artists' work, um, I've always found it quite hard to hang my own work. I can hang other people's work quite well, but I find knowing how to hang my own work very, very difficult. And so... um, yeah, I've always had quite a lot, of, I've always had plenty of confidence in, in galleries and their ability to do that. Yeah. But I think the, the thing that Rebecca is about the work, talking to each other, and being hung correctly, is, is really, really important. Because when you're in the studio, you're hoping that that's what you're going to achieve, but it's in a very different environment. And when it's in that space, it's got to work. And I think a, gal- a person that can hang work well can make sure that there's a flow of around the room which is and getting the balance of white walls pet to image correct is um that's a real skill
0: yeah
1: and i was going to ask what's next for
0: you both but maybe it just you just carry on maybe you know you're just constantly working is that the case angie
1: um what am i working on um the scottish gallery's got an exhibition coming up later in the year Called Folk at Heart. I'm doing a p- couple of pieces of work for that and actually my tulips are already flowering in my poly club which is a, a it's a poly tunnel but it's, it's it's from Shetland so it's this incredibly insulated and strong poly tunnel um so I'm working on um some tulip paintings already but then I've got some a put making exhibition later in the year um so that's going to be based on a mixture of wildflowers and also um cultivated plants um so that's my kind of year what's what's coming up and what about yourself, Rebecca?
2: um just more of the same, I hope, just carrying on <laughs> um yeah, just just I've got lots of work planned out, and um the the works take a wee while to paint, so you know I think the the, the show has only got about fifteen pictures, but it took about a year to paint those fifteen. Yeah. And I
0: guess um because you're you know both working with nature is that it's continually changing. That's the one certainty is that things will change and be different and all of those things.
2: Um yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry.
1: Um, yeah it does it, it, it is it is always progressing, the seasons are always progressing, and then you know there'll be a point when I'm always drawing or focusing on certain plants and then I'm going to focus on them then I'll bring other elements in there'll be another plant that I spot when I'm painting something else it might be if I was painting yellow rattle I'd spot that there's some scabious or something else or I might spot that there's a, pe- a, a feather or something else on the riverbank or something so then that becomes something that's incorporated in the work so over the years my work's always progressed um I've never jumped from subject to subject it's always been a progression and so there will always be, yeah, there's always the next thing. And as a tutor at college always said to me, particularly with printmaking, because it's quite a lot of process, he would say, while you're working on one thing, you can already be thinking about the next. And it's sort of, it's, it's still true for me with painting. There'll be a part of a painting which I'm thinking, oh, I think I'm going to focus on that colour or that composition or that subject next time. Mm-hmm. So there's always the, the next thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And Rebecca, yourself?
2: Yes, just this, uh, very true, like Angie. And I think it's it's almost like watching a glacier flow. Sometimes mm. you know, uh, it it doesn't happen quickly. It, it happens just you know, for me, you know, it's always the landscape. So if, if there's a progression in the work, it will it will it it's almost like zoning in and then zoning in and then carrying on zoning in. You know, and there's always something else to discover or something else to to, to look at, um, yeah, Then it's, it's quite an internal thing too, you know, I'm, I'm not very good at explaining what I, why I want to do it, but it just, it just happens.
0: It just happens, yeah. Well, thanks to both of you for taking the time to talk to me, I really do appreciate it.
2: Mm. Well, thank you very much. For- <laughs> yeah, thank
0: you very much. Yeah, no problem at all, and we'll be back soon with someone completely different. <laughs>